the first tale. It's not, Connor asked, but the queen was overthrown. She was, said the monster, but not by me. Connor hesitated, confused. You said you made sure she was never seen again. And so I did. When the villagers lit the flames on the stake to burn her alive, I reached in and saved her. You what? Connor said. I took her and carried her far enough away so that the villagers would never find her, far beyond even the kingdom of her birth, to a village by the sea. And there I left her, to live in peace. Connor got to his feet, his voice rising in disbelief. But she murdered the farmer's daughter. How could you possibly save a murderer? Then his face dropped and he took a step back. You really are a monster. I never said she killed the farmer's daughter, the monster said. I only said that the prince said it was so. Connor blinked. Then he crossed his arms. So who killed her then? The monster opened its huge hands in a certain way, and a breeze blew up, bringing a mist with it. Connor's house was still behind him, but the mist covered his backyard, replacing it with a field with a giant U in the center and a man and a woman sleeping at its base. After their coupling, said the monster, the prince remained awake. Connor watched as the young prince rose and looked down at the sleeping farmer's daughter, who even Connor could see was a beauty. The prince watched her for a moment, then wrapped a blanket around himself and went to their horse, tied to one of the yew tree's branches. The prince retrieved something from the saddlebag, then untied the horse, slapping it hard on the hind corners to send it off running. The prince held up what he'd taken out of the bag, a knife shining in the moonlight. No, Connor said. The monster closed its hands and the mist descended again as the prince approached the sleeping farmer's daughter, his knife at the ready. You said he was surprised when she didn't wake up, Connor said. After he killed the farmer's daughter, said the monster, the prince lay down next to her and returned to sleep. When he awoke, he acted out a pantomime should anyone be watching. But also, it may surprise you to learn, for himself, the monster's branches creaked. Sometimes people need to lie to themselves most of all. You said he asked for your help and that you gave it. I only said he told me enough to make me come walking. Connor looked wide-eyed from the monster to his backyard, which was re-emerging from the dissipating mist. What did he tell you, he asked. He told me that he had done it for the good of the kingdom, that the new queen was in fact a witch, that his grandfather had suspected it to be true when he married her, but that he had overlooked it because of her beauty. The prince couldn't topple a powerful witch on his own. He needed the fury of the villagers to help him. The death of the farmer's daughter saw to that. He was sorry to do it, heartbroken, he said. But as his own father had died in defense of the kingdom, so did his fair maiden. Her death was serving to overthrow a great evil. When he said that the queen had murdered his bride, he believed, 
in his own way, that it was actually true. That's a load of crap, Connor shouted. He didn't need to kill her. The people were behind him. They would have followed him anyway. The justifications of men who kill should always be heard with skepticism, said the monster. And so the injustice that I saw, the reason that I came walking, was for the queen, not the prince. Did he ever get caught, Connor said, aghast. Did they punish him? He became a much-beloved king, the monster said, who ruled happily until the end of his long days. Connor looked up to his bedroom window, frowning again. So the good prince was a murderer and the evil queen wasn't a witch after all. Is that supposed to be the lesson of all this, that I should be nice to her? He heard a strange rumbling, different from before, and it took him a minute to realize the monster was laughing. You think I tell you stories to teach you lessons, the monster said. You think I have come walking out of time and earth itself to teach you a lesson in niceness? It laughed louder and louder again until the ground was shaking and it felt like the sky itself might tumble down. Yeah, all right, Connor said, embarrassed. No, no, the monster said, finally calming himself. The queen most certainly was a witch and could very well have been on her way to great evil. Who's to say? She was trying to hold on to power after all. Why did you save her then? Because what she was not was a murderer. Connor walked around the garden a bit, thinking. Then he did it a bit more. I don't understand. Who's the good guy here? There is not always a good guy, nor is there always a bad one. Most people are somewhere in between. Connor shook his head. That's a terrible story and a cheat. It is a true story, the monster said. Many things that are true feel like a cheat. Kingdoms get the princess, princes they deserve. Farmers' daughters die for no reason and sometimes witches merit saving. Quite often, actually. You'd be surprised. Connor glanced up at his bedroom window again, imagining his grandma sleeping in his bed. So how is that supposed to save me from her? The monster stood to its full height, looking down on Connor from afar. It is not her you need saving from, it said. Connor sat up straight on the settee, breathing heavily again. 12.07, read the clock. Damn it, Connor said. Am I dreaming or not? He stood up angrily and immediately stubbed his toe. What now, he grumbled, leaning over to flick on a light. From a knot in a floorboard, a fresh, new, and very solid sapling had sprouted, about a foot tall. Connor stared at it for a while. Then he went to the kitchen to get a knife to saw it out of the floor.